everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are talking about Genesis 16 and 17, and I am in the podcast studio with one of our longtime faithful Watermark members, Mrs. Julie Fowler. Hello. Julie, I'm so glad you're here. You've been around Watermark for much longer than I have, and we just met today. So I'd love to get to know you a little bit better. How did you come to know the Lord, and what's He doing in your life now? Well, thanks so much. You're welcome. I grew up an Army kid, and I moved 11 times before even going to college. Wow. And went to three different high schools in three totally different places, including overseas. And it was it could be challenging and emotional to leave and then start over each time. But um, my dad had shared the gospel with me when I was six. And so I trusted Christ as my Savior at age six. And then God just put disciplers and shepherders, mentors in my life almost every different state we lived in. And that gave me a real great um, foundation for my faith and allowed me to grow roots. And there were times that I felt alone and having to start over, but um, I was really able to get to know the Lord deeper just each place I went and having having people pour into me. And so I'm just so thankful for all those people. And um, I've been, I I would say, taking an evangelism training class after college was what really, I think, helped me understand grace and my own sin more. And because, you know, at age six, I didn't (laughs) fully— You could only understand so much. (laughs) Yeah, didn't fully grasp um, my need for a Savior. Um, But I did know that it was Christ alone that gave me a relationship with Christ and um, allowed me to go to heaven and have eternity with Him. But, yeah, learning more about my own sin and my need for a Savior— came through that class and then just being in lots of different communities through the years and and knowing his word and being in the studies has really helped me grow in my faith. And we've been at Watermark for about 22 years from the wow. day the doors opened. And I've been a part of the Shiloh ministry, which is for infertility and miscarriage um, for that long. And I just love getting connect to connect women and let them know that they're not alone. And mm. then also just to let them see how much is in the Bible about, oh, God understanding us and caring for us. And just that He really cares about whatever season of struggle that we're in. Absolutely. I love it. And speaking of seasons of struggle, Genesis 16 and 17 can kind of seem like a downer of a story. When it, do you want to just set it up for us? What's happening in these two chapters? Yeah, so some of us are familiar with the story of Sarah mm-hmm. and Abraham. And so this chapter starts out with Abraham. He had been promised many descendants, mm-hmm. but it had been about 10 years, and he still had not had any kids. Sarah was still barren. And so Sarah comes up with the idea, which was actually a culturally accepted thing, to give your husband a maidservant so that children can be born through the maidservant. And so that is what she did. And like I said, it was a culturally accepted thing to do back Mm -hmm. then. And um, her maidservant's name was Hagar. So she gave Hagar to Abraham, and she became pregnant. And when Hagar became pregnant, Sarah didn't she got a little jealous, I would Absolutely. say. Absolutely. And so um, she started mistreating Hagar. And so then Hagar fled because of the situation. Mm-hmm. And she flees to the wilderness. She does not know where she's going. And she ends up being all alone in the wilderness. So looking at the story, you've got Sarah 
I guess Sarai at this point, mm-hmm. who isn't getting pregnant, and she offers a solution that was culturally culturally acceptable, and it it works. And she gets frustrated with Hagar and is pretty hurtful to her, mm-hmm. uh, which reminds me, hey, hurt people hurt people, <laughs> most likely maybe in this case. And Hagar flees. Where do we find hope in the midst of two women who are hurting for different reasons in the story? Well, this is one of my favorite passages is the section of Genesis 16 and where the Lord actually appears to Hagar in the wilderness. Mm. So she has she is pregnant in the wilderness. She's probably gone pretty far from home at this point. She's feeling probably very scared, lonely, unloved, and the Lord appears to her and calls her by name, which is the first time her name that anyone calls her by name because Sarah and Abraham were just calling her maidservant. So God actually appears to her and says, Hagar. Hmm. And he says, you are going to have a son, and his name's going to be Ishmael. And what's super really cool about that is that means God hears or God listens. Hmm. And so he reveals to her, I hear you. I listen to you. And if you think about it from then on, every time she uses his name, Ishmael, she's going to remember God hears. God hears me. God, he listens to me. Hmm. So that's the first big nugget of encouragement that God hears. He hears when we cry out to him from this place of desperation. Yeah, and I think whenever we're going through a hard season, we are so desperate to know that God hears us. He hears our prayers and he listens. He knows what's going on. And even just to continue that that message of hope, he goes into detail about what her future is going to be. Mm. And after he gives her the information about her son and what her future is going to be, Hagar says, she gave this name to the Lord. You are the God who sees me. I have now seen the one who sees me. Mm. And in Hebrew, that's Elroy, the God who sees, the God who sees me. And so here we have just in this short scene, God hears and God sees. And those two things are such a great source of hope when we're in a hard season or when we're feeling in a wilderness or like mm-hmm. we feel unloved and alone, that God hears and God sees. So let me ask you this. What, what encouragement would you offer to a woman in a similar situation or maybe just anyone who's doubting that? Does God hear? Does God see? Can anyone relate to this? Am I all alone? How would you counsel them? Well, I that's one thing that when I was going through infertility and loss and like lots of waiting, mm-hmm. I really got to know the stories of the Old Testament and to really identify with actual people who were in hard places. And so to really realize Hagar was just a person. In fact, she was a maidservant, you know, not she didn't have a lot of prestige or anything. Sure. And God went to her in the wilderness and and revealed that he sees her and and hears her and I think going back to all the stories of the Old Testament um, and the New Testament but I just particularly love that you know God saw Joseph in the pit 
and God saw Paul in the prison in the New Testament. Those give me a lot of hope. And yeah, they they're very they're very hope filled because we not only see God's character being consistent, but we see Him almost almost like chasing after people who would find themselves in all different social classes, all different countries, all different uh, periods in time. But yet, the one thing that's steady and consistent in anchoring is God's character. Yeah, and I love that when she names him the God who sees, it it really just matches with what we see in Psalm 139 Mm -hmm. where it says, when David is saying, you search me and you know me, you know when I sit, when I rise, you know my coming and going. And then even Jesus said, I know every hair on your head. He, see, he sees it all. How do you process when you know that God sees, you know that he knows the hairs on your head, he, you know that he has a plan for you, but we don't always like that plan? What, what do you do in those moments when you're thinking, God, I know you see me? but why is this what you have for me? That's such a great question, and it's so, so hard. I think what I do is I go to the—I feel like I'm just sitting in my chapter or Mm. maybe even my scene like Hagar was. And if I can go back to other stories in the Bible where I get to see the full story, that gives me a lot of hope because— Just like Jesus on Good Friday, you know, that story did not look hopeful. Mm -hmm. But the the end of the story was— Incredibly hopeful. Incredibly hopeful. And so same thing with some of the other stories. It's just like if I take the chunk of Hagar in the wilderness Mm -hmm. or the chunk of Joseph in prison, that is sometimes where I'm—that's where I am. I'm in this chapter. But God has—he's always at work, and he has a future that's great for me. And I think it's just the hope of of knowing that the story's not over, mm-hmm. he's at work, and he loves me. Absolutely, Julie. Thank you for being here and for sharing. If members are listening, they're at Watermark on a Sunday, they want to get to know you, hear more about your story, or encourage you, where could they find you? What service do you typically go to? Well, I go to the first service. All right. And also then just even through Shiloh. They can connect. Um, we have yeah. a, a link on there. On yeah, the we'll, page. we'll link it in the uh, the, web, the episode description to Shiloh. So, Julie, thank you for being here. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.